Hi, I'm Susanna Kalchich and you're listening to Life in Practice podcast. I'm curious about the big questions in life and how we can experience more meaning and fulfillment every day. Join me as my guests share their challenges, successes and what it means to put our purpose, our values and our lives in practice. Hello and welcome to Life in Practice podcast. This is your host Susanna and today my guest is Andrea Balboni and she's a sex, love and relationship coach. Welcome Andrea. Thank you. Really great to have you. Now one of the things that really struck me about your journey and your story was that um, you have been, well you were a uh, single for a really long time and that was something that I really uh, resonated with Mm. I feel like wow okay it's not just me (laughs) I'm not the only one so um, yeah tell me a bit about um, how did this journey uh, start for you and what 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 inspired you to become um, a sex love and relationship coach <laughs> great question um so i yes i was single for about 15 years in a row i had a relationship of four years before that but then had been single and now i'm 46 so oh, you look good <laughs> why thank you <laughs> um so I hadn't had much experience in my teen year and as a teenager and even in um so the relationship I had was in my when I was in my late 20s and then was just never thought that I would be single for as long as I was after that and um I just couldn't work it out I just couldn't understand what was going on how other people around me could be moving forward um, I had a, I had another friend who was also single for quite some time, and he would describe it in a really funny way. He would say, oh, my friends are doing laps. They're lapping me. They've been married now. They're getting their second marriage. Some of them are on their third marriage. They're lapping me. This is ridiculous. And um, I felt the same. I just couldn't, I just couldn't work it out. I thought I was kind of a normal person and not, you know, not a bad catch. And yet I just couldn't seem to, to crack the code. I couldn't, I couldn't break free from the perpetual year on, year in, year out, single, um, mm. single, <laughs> single status. Yeah. And it's so true. I think the way, the way you um, uh, put that, like, and cause I feel the same way, it just feels like, yeah, there is this code, like it's like, what's the, what's the um, uh, secret? Cause like all these people seem to know, but like, I can't seem to um, figure it out. Exactly. It's exactly the same. Exactly. And it was, it was a mystery to me for, for so long. And now it's much less of a, <laughs> of a mystery. Um, at least as far as my own journey, I kind of worked out what I would need to unlock the, unlock the code and help other people do the same. So not everyone has the same exact kind of keys that they need to unlock what it is that's holding them back. But um, but the series, the tools that I use to help them unlock is pretty much, um, there are tools that can be used in many different areas of your life and can be used for the rest of your life. So what it took was um, understanding what was blocking me to become aware of what was really in the way. Um, so some of it was mindset shift. Some of it was um, my my beliefs about myself, my beliefs about men. I'm, I'm heterosexual. So it was in this case, um, my beliefs about the sex I'm attracted to. And, um, and then also uh, self-worth was another big one. And, um, and a few, and a few other things that were, that were holding me back from, from my upbringing, some beliefs around limiting beliefs, definitely around sex and sexuality and my own power as a woman and how that was expressed. So it took quite, um, a beautiful (laughs) journey over time to work through those things one by one. And um, there are many layers to each of those aspects of, of me and who I am to finally uh, evolve into or expand out into or blossom into the person that, that I would become that was enough 
uh, for to welcome in the person that I'm with now, who's an incredible human as well. So amazing. Yeah. It can be done for yeah. sure. <laughs> and you can do it much more quickly than I did because I'm here <laughs> and I can help. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the gifts that I, that's why I do the work that I do. Cause I thought if I can ever crack, it was so frustrating for so many years. And I just felt like if I ever crack this thing, I'm just going to share it with the world because having a really healthy, vibrant relationship is such, so rewarding and such a beautiful gift. Um, that, that, yeah, that was just, you want to give back. Mm. You just want to share what you know, because you understand how it is when it's, it's, like what the heck is going on here and what do I do like is there anything I can do um and yeah the answer is yes so amazing yeah, yeah. I can't wait to to find <laughs> out more because yeah I think when you said about like um to find a uh healthy relationship I think that's key because like technically you can have you can find a boyfriend or a girlfriend pretty quickly if you want to but it's it's the quality of that relationship and I mm. think what I found sometimes is you like you would see people like in all these different uh, relationships, but they, you know, they weren't actually maybe healthy or uh, happy. Yeah. And sometimes actually to stay to stay single is actually choosing um, choosing not to not to take part in these um, unhealthy relational uh, dynamics. Yeah, absolutely. And so for me, part of my another part of my journey was understanding what a healthy relationship is. And a lot of people, men and women both come to me not fully understanding what that even looks like, because there aren't um, so many examples that they'd want to emulate for themselves, either growing up or with their peer group. Um, with the people they see around them. So it's very, very common for people to need to, ha to have a need to define healthy relationship. And it's also true that how we relate is constantly changing. So we are constantly shifting and changing as humans. Society and culture is constantly shifting and changing in the way that we relate and the expectations we have around relationship um, is constantly evolving. So it is, um, it is a continual evolution and it's not necessarily fixed as well. So with my partner every year, we kind of do a bit of a, um, it's not an evaluation, it's more like, okay, last year we said we would um, operate <laughs> or we would have, we would, we would work within our relationship in this way, trust, honesty, we would state the values. Um, and also the style of relationship. So we're in a monogamous relationship. Do we want to stay that way? Do we want to consider opening? Will we ever, we don't know, but every year we have the discussion so that the relationship can feel fresh and that it meets the needs of the one and the other. So um, so defining what a healthy relationship is, is definitely, uh, definitely a key component. And understanding... Um, a lot of people will also say, I feel like I'm just asking for too much. I feel like I might be just asking for the impossible. Is it like, you know, maybe that's what my problem is. Maybe I need to step back from what, I, what I'm expecting or what I'm wanting. And I, um, in my experience, in my view, it's, um, it's something to consider in that you want to have your values, the top five five is a good number to work with the five things that you value most in yourself and then the five things that you value in the other person you want those to be super clear and those want to be there absolutely so the things that you value in yourself you want that other person to also reflect back that they also can see that in you and value that in you and the things that you're looking for the values in another person you definitely want them to be there it's when we start to um so a few things can happen in very early stage of relationship we were sort of speaking about this or alluding to it before we can tend to project onto the other person things that we want to see and so we need to be kind of careful in the very beginning phases of when we're dating that we're not actually doing that. There actually is, um, there is a true, uh, 
they truly are <laughs> the person that is in front of you is human and is going to show their true self over time. So yes, your first impressions are important and important to kind of read and to feel in your body. This feels good. This doesn't feel good. I'm not sure about that. And to be aware of that. Um, and also to give the person time to reveal some of the things that you might have on that list that may not be apparent right from the start. Mm. And those those things that I'm um, alluding to that show up over time, for me, they kind of tend to fall further down on the list of values. So they could be number five or six or seven or eight or even beyond values, characteristics, interests, those kind of things. They'll tend, the things that fall further down the list after the number five are kind of things that mm, perhaps you can have a looser hold on. So what about something like trust, though? Because I always mm -hmm. find like though trust, usually it takes time yeah. to like build and really see, is this person trustworthy? Yeah. Trust is definitely something that takes time. And actions are a huge um something that really tells you a lot about a person and whether they're being truthful. So you want congruence between the words that they're speaking and the actions that they're taking. You want congruence between what is being said again and what you're feeling and receiving um, from that person as far as energy as well. So it, it, you, a high level of trust is fundamental and foundational in, in any healthy relationship and any relationship in general, trust is, is a big one yeah mm, for sure mm. so i just want to then think so when you um uh started your journey of right i'm gonna crack this code what was the f where did you what did you um what did you try first or how did that start for you <laughs> so first i tried all the self-help books that were out there at the time it was quite a long time ago it was why men marry bitches that oh, was kind that of that was <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that one? Yeah. It came out quite a while ago. And that, it just didn't, it didn't no. really work for me and it didn't feel right. And there were other books and yeah. things around the time. They just didn't really quite hit what I needed. Um, so I kind of let that go, let stuff go, even though every once in a while I would go online and kind of look, look up the tactical things like how to start a conversation online or how to create a good profile in dating profile and I give this advice sometimes too um, because sometimes you need you just need some practical stuff but nothing will change if you're applying the practical stuff and you haven't worked on the deeper underlying stuff then you won't get the results that you're hoping for because the it needs to all kind of work together and and become a machine <laughs> not a machine but just yeah. a, a something that you live and embody as much as a, something that you understand how to do um, with your with your logical brain, with your rational brain. Like applying a tip in a very like analytical way is great, but you also need to embody the value that that under that underlies it. Mm. Not so necessarily the tip, but you need to you need to start to you need to also work on the deeper the deeper layered stuff like your self-worth, like I was mentioning for me, my self-worth um, my understanding of, of men and masculinity and having a healthy relationship myself to that, um, and to men in general, mm -hmm. um, because I definitely didn't have such a healthy relationship to, to men and masculinity before that. Um, so, so yeah, so it's, it's a combination of, of things, but definitely the, the deeper level work was, was really important, mm -hmm. is really important. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So then you were you you read a few of those uh, right. self help books, and yeah. then what did you what did and you? And then I what did I do? So I was starting. Um, I had many years, yeah, in the late nineties, even I was starting to do yoga and starting to get in. Um, explore a spiritual path so was it going to be buddhism which kind of felt like maybe the closest thing and then it sort of morphed into taoism but then i did i wasn't there wasn't a teacher around or i didn't find the right school so i kind of took a break from that exploration for five years maybe more and then when i moved to london i was in italy I moved to london um 
before I was in New York, then Italy, then London. Uh, when so New York is where I started kind of yoga and and ooh, this philosophy kind of thing behind yoga is kind of good too. I like this mindfulnessy kind of stuff. Took a break in Italy because just didn't have the right um, space or the right teachers around. Came to London and. Um, was just walking on the street near my flat and saw that there was a, a, a tantra school that was also doing yoga. And I thought, okay, maybe they have some good yoga teacher in there that's going to help me continue what I had started in New York. And tantra, I have no idea what that is, but whatever, I'll just go check out the yoga teacher. So, <laughs> so I went into the school and started to... Um, uh, I didn't never went to a yoga class there because I I asked them what tantra was and they explained to me that it's um, it's a philosophy it's a yogic philosophy it's an it's um, an ancient uh, spiritual path for people and in the belief system of tantra sex is sacred and there was something there that was really interesting where I was like yes okay this is really interesting I intuited from when I was really young that that sex could be something that could lift you higher and um carry you like like the highest forms of art can beyond kind of this world into this other place of just beauty expression uh freedom bliss and uh so even though I hadn't necessarily experienced sex at the time I was I was quite young well, youngish, I was a really late bloomer. Um, the kiss, the first kiss from my first boyfriend when I was 16 was, that's what kind of gave me that that message. It was like, wow, this could be so much more. This could be, this is so incredible. And so when I went into the school and, and realized that there's this whole entire spiritual tradition that embraces uh, sex as part of a human experience that is also sacred I thought okay right this is this is for me I'm in the right place and I was hooked from there Amazing, that was what yeah. that's what started the deeper levels of of change that I needed mm -hmm. um and healing that I needed because I needed to heal quite a bit mm -hmm. um uh that finally shifted and it took years it took three it took me about three years before I I've met um uh uh, my first kind of boyfriend breaking out of the period of singledom and then uh, eventually met the guy I'm with now right after that that relationship kind of ended. But um, yeah, it was it's such a it's such a beautiful journey. It's a huge part of how I coach. It's a huge part of how I live and how I teach mm -hmm. and what I believe. And it's um, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful tradition. That is very misunderstood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Cause, yeah, because normally when 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 someone hears uh tantra they have an idea of like uh tantric uh sex and they have like you know yeah as you say maybe not the right idea on what 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 it means at the core mm. um so what about what are some of the main things that you learned uh through tantra then mm, about myself yeah um that my body is a temple as they say that my body's sacred um, that sexual energy is an energy that like turn on. So sexual energy is turn on, turn on is sexual energy. It's creative life force energy, super positive, super healing, super, um, nourishing for your body, for your soul. And you can move it. You can move it through your whole body to experience bliss, pleasure, uh, orgasmic states and, um, higher, higher states of consciousness as well. And, really um so i learned that sexual expression was can be more than i thought it was or knew it to be um i learned how to appreciate and love men and masculinity which i didn't necessarily have such i grew up in a matriarchal kind of family okay. where women were strong mm -hmm. <laughs> and powerful and there were there were flavors also um, in society and culture as well of distrust and fear around men and their power because of the history that we have with patriarchy and um and the way that 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 expression of power in men has been has been has come forward in the world so far so we're working now more on speaking more about healthy masculinity healthy masculine power as well as healthy uh female pa power mm -hmm. for for women and um so there's also 
there's also a bigger, wider uh, acknowledgement that when we speak about feminine and masculine, it's not necessarily um, a, gen a gender uh, discussion. So gender is a bit separate. I want to say a bit because it can be related and it also can be different, completely different, um, especially when you're working with energy. So like yin, yang, light, dark, masculine, feminine, the, it's the quality of the energy that is within you and within another person that is what we describe um, more than a gender, which is different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, I know in uh, Tantra, they, they talk about uh, polar uh, polarity. polarity, yeah. Mm. And the importance, especially like to uh, create that, that, uh, that, that spark of um, uh, attraction, there has to be uh, polarity. Mm -hmm. And um, I think and what you're, you're saying about like, I think you should know which um, um, energy you, you are coming from. Because I, I find myself, I can sometimes go into a more um, masculine energy. Mm, absolutely. And I think because in some ways I feel like I have no choice because I have to be the man of my life in a way. I have mm -hmm. to lead in this way. I have to get by in this way. And, and because when I'm doing that, the um, the uh, feminine side kind of gets more uh, tuned down. Mm. And I think I'm sure uh, quite a lot of uh, women experience that, you know, they're, they're, they've got work, they've got their you know, careers and so many different things. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of rebalancing that's happening now. Um, so within each, each person, as you know, there is a masculine and feminine. So masculine energy, uh, tends to be yang. You can describe it as yang energy, which is action-based. It's focused. It's, um, it is ambition to a certain degree. It's, it's drive, it's motion and yin is rest and and relaxing back and it is also can be described as creative and nourishing and nurturing and so there are different these different qualities of energy that you have or ways of being that you have within you that want to be balanced so when you go man or woman doesn't matter again gender kind of um, is is another another thing so when it's related again related <laughs> and also separate so um when as a woman who is looking for balance in her life it is absolutely powerful and wonderful to drop into your masculine to be focused to be present to do something with absolute determination and drive and to be there and to show up and to do it and that's incredible and it's to be celebrated as well when we don't have enough space in our life for the yin for the softness for the relaxing back for the sensual for the luxurious for the feeling side for um the the creativity which just has flow with not necessarily a direction when we lose too much of that space for that that's when we can start to feel out of balance and like a man or too manly or too, I feel like I'm a lot of, a lot of people will come to me and say, I feel a bit dead inside. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm just in that energy. That's so nourishing of that. It needs space. It needs air. It needs breath and modern life is tough and a professional professional career can be quite demanding and in many corporate environments and this is changing but in many corporate environments um the there's much more of a call for yang there's much more of a call for doing for producing for and also for creativity because we want the creativity it just then if you um if you are wanting to be seen as a leader and someone who's, it's kind of like always this call to the yang much more in, in the corporate environment where as there is very much a need for, for the feminine. And that's why um, I feel that there is much more of an emphasis on emotional intelligence and mindfulness and um, taking time now and because it's been out of balance for so long. 
And so we're coming back to um, appreciate the power in the softness, the power in the receptivity, the ability to receive rather than to go and do. And both um, both uh, polarities, both sides of the pole, have can't one can't live really or survive without the other. So too much masculine and you feel flat. Too much feminine, yin. I don't really try to get away from feminine masculine but too much yin can lead to chaos so there's shadow sides there's a shadow side when you go into imbalance on either um either sides of, of the energy so that balance is what we're we're uh coming back to again and again and again to try and find that balance and and am i feeling burned out am i feeling crushed okay do i need space do i need some nourishing do i need some sensuality do i need to just luxuriate what do i need to get back to wholeness so that i can go out there and kill it again like or kill kill it's yeah. like not necessarily yeah. positive, but go out there and and do what i want to do in the world and make yeah. it happen mm. um, and realize it yeah so, so what does yeah. this mean then like on our um on our journey in uh trying to find the right partner yeah yeah so this is different for everyone this is definitely different for everyone um and so if you were are a person in um when you're thinking about relationship you um you want to think about how do you want how would you most want to be in that relationship do you most want to be um in a yin state where you're receiving and there's softness and you're the nurturer and the caretaker or do you want to be more in the yang side where you're more uh determining the direction of things and you're more of presence and you're more of um a solid uh, like a solid rock for the for the for the relationship and when do you want to be one or the other so there's also an interplay and that's when um the relationship can be really rich when sometimes you're leading sometimes you're the one doing things and going for it and then there's other times when it's really wonderful to let the other person take charge and open the door and bring you gifts and do wonderful things like that so um again without a traditional gender uh like labeling that needs to happen at all like you can be one one energy or you can be in the other energy whether you're a heterosexual couple whether you're non-binary whatever you're um the style again whatever relationship you're in with whomever you're 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 in that relationship with it's more of an understanding of in this moment what uh, energy do i want to embody what do i want to express what do i want to feel and um because there is something to be said for when there is that contrast in energies that they do really, there is really a dynamism. There is really fire. There is a spark when there is that definite, I'm definitely in my yang right now. I'm going to go for it. My partner loves it. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to relax back and you're going to take care of me. And he's so happy. And then there's other times where I'm like, right, yes, just tell me the direction to walk in. I'm just going to follow you today on this path. Take, So, you know, we, we also in our relationship very much have, a, have an interplay and, um, and it's freeing. It's freeing for both people because they can find within them this expression of both sides of them that really is what we all have within us, these two mm. yin and yang energies. So, yeah. Amazing. So then you did the uh, tantra then and you, you explored that. Mm -hmm. And um, what was the next step after mm. tantra so that tantra to be to be clear about what that was so mm -hmm. the first three years in um the school i was studying in for tantra it was a lot of philosophy a lot of tantric philosophy which is very similar to yogic philosophy um because it's part of part and parcel with this it's the same tradition basically so tantra is one of the um i'm not going to technically describe this correctly because i always forget but it is yoga is a part of the tantric tradition you should probably edit this bit because i never quite get it right but um so the sex and sexuality uh, aspect of tantra is just one tiny bit of a much bigger uh school of wisdom and knowledge which today we tend to understand as mindfulness being mindful being present being in the present moment a lot of eckhart tolle's uh, work is very much in that in that tradition um of of taking time of connecting with yourself deeply 
of finding uh, guidance within yourself and understanding your 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 full human nature. So the time that I was in the school, I didn't have a lover actually. I was still single for the time that I was in the school doing that work on myself. So exploring my own sexuality, exploring what it meant to be a woman, exploring how it was to to relate to men, but didn't have lovers, didn't have, you know, kind of the things people people often think people in tantric communities um, do and have there you know we had practices with um with with people but it wasn't it wasn't sexual and that I didn't have lovers I would work with the energy within myself and with other people but um yeah so after that I um decided that I was I, I was do I did a yoga teacher training I did some reiki I did had done some shamanic um some shamanic practices practices learned learned about a bit of, of that world and um wasn't wasn't sure what I was going to do with all of it so I wasn't quite sure what was going to be my path or what was going to happen next uh and then one day I got an email into my my inbox from Layla Martin who is a sex love and relationships she's a sexuality internationally renowned um, leader in sex and sexuality and she was launching a coaching program for the first time that was a sex love and relationships uh, certificate program year-long 650 hours of um, training that we did super intense and she comes from the tantric tradition and had also studied uh, it at Stanford um, the psychology aspect of it so she had a western background and and learning as much as she had an eastern experience as well she lived in Asia for about 10 years um, and had done a lot of work with tantra and Taoism and Taoist sexual practices there so it was perfect for me because it was a combination of the Eastern, the stuff I was learning from, uh, from, the, from, from Tantra and that side of things and also Reiki and um, the shamanic practices and the yoga teacher training that I did together with my curiosity in self-development, in psychology, in neuroscience that was starting to, to grow at that time. So it was a perfect program. It was amazing. And I did a couple of specializations because it was just so interesting in male sexuality, which also was a continuation of my understanding of men and what's going on for them, um, uh, which helped me. It was my part of my own healing. And then um, I did, yeah, a couple other relationships modules and yeah. Mm. yeah she was really good so then when you were doing those uh courses did you find that things were things were changing in in real life yeah absolutely so I started Layla's course in January of 2017 and I met Naz my partner in March so it oh, was wow. so like two months a few after. months after oh, wow yeah so it was kind of a continuation of all the work I had done for all of the years in um, in Tantra in, and in my own kind of reading and understanding and practicing. And then, um, yeah, it was just, I was just continuing up on the path that I was already mm. on. So he came, at a, came around at a good time. Wow. Yeah. Oh, cool. I had shifted enough within me to be able to be open to someone coming into my life um, to date in a way that felt lighter and more easy and even fun <laughs> um which hadn't been my experience before and to see the person for for who they were so see Naz for who for who he is and um and give it time give give it time to unfold I had a lot of anxiety before that so bef when I would date before I would, I would try and figure out whether it was going to last or if it was the right person from just a couple of text exchanges or how's their profile what are their photos like and it was just quite com kind of dense and compressed and like analytical and trying to just you know do anything to not get hurt basically or not to have to start something that would then just end and here it was again and um, so I was much more easygoing and open to, uh, to what, what, what would be, what mm -hmm. might be, what the possibilities were and had a really good, um, by that time had a really high level of trust within myself to feel my way through 
and to um, and to really see again, like I say, the person for who for who he was. Mm. Yeah. So from from that, what do you think are the most um, common things that 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 hold people back from uh, from uh, connecting to a healthy uh, a healthy partner yeah so things that hold people back time and again are worthiness so not really feeling like they're worth it men and women both so men and women both have have a worthiness or deservingness um kind of issue <laughs> something to work on that where they have low lower levels of of worthiness or deservingness often one or the other sometimes both that needs um realizing they'll have um hurt from the past that wants healing and they want they uh, they'll um developing a way to an inner resilience Resilience is kind of a funny word, but it's um, because it, it feels rigid to me and it's not. So having a, having an ability to um, to uh, to just hold yourself through whatever experience you have. So if it's a good date, if it's a bad date, if it lasts, if it doesn't last, you're kind of OK because, you know, you got yourself. You know, you're loved, you know, you've you're you're accepted you know that you're amazing and that comes from um really uh getting to know yourself very deeply and loving all the parts that that come up all the parts of you and seeing them for for what they are yeah which mm -hmm. is just it's beautiful so that helps um so when you're able to do that, then it becomes much easier to be in all different situations with different people and be okay with whatever happens, which leaves more space for things to happen <laughs> and yeah. for surprises to happen and for things to move through when they're not quite right as well. Mm -hmm. So um, that's definitely another one. And then we have, um, of course, there is also stuff from our families <laughs> that might be sticking around so how we learned how to relate when we were little um attachment styles and stuff if people are into that mm -hmm. that can have that can be helpful to understand how how we attach and how we um how we feel when we're with other people based on how our relationship with our parents were what our caretakers were our family members were um, so sometimes there's stuff to often, almost always stuff to work through there. Then there's, um, society, culture, religion. So there's, uh, usually a lot of beliefs that we've learned that aren't necessarily supportive of us moving forward into love. So we want to rewrite some of the belief systems that we have or some of the beliefs that we hold. And, um, so that is another part of it. And um, what else is there? I feel like there's um, getting clarity, like you said from the beginning, on what a healthy relationship is, what it's going to feel like when you have it, what it's going to feel like in your body when you have it, so that you can recognize it when it shows up. Um, and a feeling also experiencing the emotions of it before it even arrives, so that it's um, a little bit of law of attraction stuff where you... Uh, you know how it is when you meet someone and you vibe. It's that if you're on a vibe that you want to meet where you're high vibe, you're in a great space, then you're going to attract in or be attracted to other people who are in a great space too. So um, simple physics. Like attracts like in some ways. So um, in some ways. And then, uh, yeah, so so those are some of the, some of the things relating to... Um, sex and sexuality also if there's any healing that wants to happen a lot of us have gone real like kind of what feels like innocent bad dates that hang around all the way through to being with people and intimate with people we didn't really want to be intimate with um, and or even more kind of uh, traumatic experiences that want cleaning and clearing so so that can also be something that Oh, will hold people back um yeah, yeah. you want to clear it from there's your quite body a lot of quite a lot of stuff there yeah there's to a work lot through, there yeah, yeah there's, and not everyone has all of it to the same degree so yeah. some people the people where they move the easiest through things is that they've started to look at things they have an awareness of what's happening 
um, or what's happened and they're starting to understand it. They just don't know what to do to move forward. So that is, those are the, almost the easiest people to work with because they, they have a level of understanding. Now they just need to kind of be brought forward. And then there are some people who are really still, um, really still identifying with all of their thoughts and identifying with their, with, with, um, what they grew up with in a really tight way or what society and culture. So for those people, it's, it's interesting because they're working on raising or you're working with them on, on separating the, the thoughts and the beliefs from them and who they are. That first step of kind of awareness that I'm actually not the things I think. And it's something that I'm definitely still working on because <laughs> it's yeah. a lifelong <laughs> practice. But um, course, yeah, yeah, for people who are really um, connected to their body, so who have body-based practices, the work will go faster as well um, because they're connected to uh, to their physical body. So if they're, they're yogis or if they do sports or if they're just used to coming back into their bodies and being in their bodies, then um, the body is a vehicle also for moving through and forward uh, faster. So, yeah. Mm. And I think I think what you um, perhaps um, have have already have already uh, said as well. It's like you can feel inside your body whether a person is good for you or not. Mm. And I think um, like how do we learn to use our intuition because they're like i have experienced like with some people they seem to be like great they like they do this they do that but inside i just felt there's just something off about this person mm-hmm. you know i still kept you know like oh let's see you know like l- let's be um uh positive mm-hmm. and like all these kind of red flags were showing up but like i just thought no it's gonna be okay like you know he was my friend and everything but um yeah and then but from like quite early on I felt it inside that there was something off about this person Mm -hmm. and like later down the line you know things you know it was true yeah so why do you think and I think I'm I'm not I'm sure I'm not I'm not the only one Mm -hmm. who has this experience so Mm -hmm. why do you think that when we do feel those things we still carry on anyway or how can we really trust our intuition how do we know okay this is my um intuition speaking and not just like fear or paranoia Mm -hmm. or like maybe old trauma or like Mm -hmm. some kind of um uh uh pattern or anything like that such a good question and so not easy to answer (laughs) so um and this is a huge part of the work I do because I work with people with their bodies a lot uh to uncover what's really going on what's happening um is it a fear is it a fear based um reaction that you're having that's actually protecting you from getting close to someone who actually could be good for you uh and healthy or is it an inner knowing that there's something just not right here and it's alarm bells and, and red flags so a really good way of working with the parts of you that show up strongly like that is to speak to them as if they were another person. So speaking to that part of you and just saying, hey, belly, you're tightening up. I feel you. What's going on in there? What have you got to say? And just listening in for an answer to see what's coming up and starting to dialogue with that part of you and understand what do you need or what's going on here? What are you trying to tell me? And um, generally when those pieces show up like that, it's, a, it's trying to keep you safe regardless. So whether it's keeping you safe because it's afraid that you might get rejected, um, it's doing a protection job. If it's showing up because it knows that that person's actually not safe, then it's still doing a protector job. So distinguishing between, okay, what's, the, what's good protection or, or protection that's, that's helping me in this moment and what is you know, fear, um, a really good way is to, to work with that piece to try and understand, and then also tap into a part of you that feels super powerful. So once you've kind of spoken to that part, that's like scared and protecting you, you're working out what it needs. It might have the information that you need. If it kind of calms down, but you're still unsure, then tapping into a part of you that feels really powerful and open and asking that part of you, does it feel really good right now to move forward? Or does it feel better for me to take that power and move away and see what comes up? 
So if that empowering part of you, that powerful part of you is like, get the freaking heck away, <laughs> then you, you move away. And if it's like, actually, no, it's safe for you to move forward, then you, you move forward. Um, and practicing a huge amount of compassion for yourself as well, that it's, these are really tricky pieces to figure out, like figure out on your own. Um, and it's not always going to be 100% clear. So the most important thing is to give yourself the time and space to get clear and to be sure. And then when you are sure to move forward. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you, you um, brought up a really important point about the fear of uh, rejection. Mm -hmm. I think that's such that's an important one. thing to, um, to talk about because sometimes that fear can hold us back from saying how we uh, truly feel or or even maybe not even try to uh, like talk to a certain person because I think oh they'll probably um, like they'll say no or they don't care but um, how do we and obviously you know as um, as with life uh, um, rejection is a big um, is a big part of it so how do we also not take um uh rejection so personally as well because sometimes I, I know with me like if i've have experienced it sometimes like, oh you know it must be like it's me like i don't i'm i'm not worthy but it's actually you know it's that that person they don't see like you know they don't see um uh value in me that's just their um their uh, perception it's not like this like global view like okay I don't have value so but it's but you know it's very hard not to take that personally sometimes so how how would you um advise someone if yeah. they're going through like you know they're afraid of uh rejection or they've experienced rejection mm -hmm. great question another great question so and you pretty much nailed it you pretty much um are on to something when it's uh, about under like like you said it's about understanding your value and your worth and knowing what you are worth and knowing your value and that sense of worthiness coming from the inside so really deeply embodying knowing deep within you your value so you're not looking for external validation and when you know your value and um have a an experience that that causes you to feel rejected because that's your um, feeling of that you've gotten from the situation then being able to take care of the part of you that feels like it's been left or rejected or not seen or not appreciated or not loved so it's a great call to um <laughs> it's a great call to practice more compassion more self-love and to i would follow my mind pattern so if i started to think oh that person's looked away maybe it's because i'm not pretty enough Maybe it's because I'm wearing some silly clothes. Maybe it's because usually it's a physical thing. Then I'll realize, okay, once again, <laughs> here I am not appreciating my own unique beauty. Here I am not really seeing myself for what I actually am, which is a unique expression of beauty and humanness on the planet that no other soul that's ever lived up until now and all of the billions of years the planet's been around. Humans haven't been around quite so long, but... Um, and just not really um, fully loving myself as I would love to be loved. So um, it's not easy. So I'm not saying it's the simple solution. Yeah, just rejection. It's easy. You just keep loving yourself. It's definitely a practice. And just coming back to yourself time and again and loving yourself down just like you want to be loved is the surest, fastest um, there's also something that you started to speak to, which was for connection to happen, it does take vulnerability. So putting yourself out there, speaking, um, showing up as an authentic person, the authentic you and revealing a bit. Um, it doesn't mean you have to you know, open the floodgates and tell everyone what feels safe to, to share, of course, and finding your edge with it. So, um, when you share vulnerably, and speak to whatever it is that's come up for you, then that can absolutely foster connection. And it can also decharge that part of you that feels um, unsure. 
So, for example, if you see someone and you think they're kind of cute and you're like, hey, he's kind of hot, you could even say something like, hey, you know, you're making my, my the butterflies in my belly come alive. You're kind of cute. And so you're when you acknowledge that nervousness or you acknowledge that fear, then it can it can dechart like the, the little butterflies kind of quiet down a bit. You feel better because you've just spoken whatever it is that that you're experiencing and the other person will, you know, often, often come towards you because you've been brave enough to say hi, even though the butterflies are flying around. So yeah. Does mm. that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm. So just to, um, yeah, our time is going really quickly. <laughs> um, just to, uh, when you talked about like, um, they're, they're being like trying to crack the code. Mm -hmm. So what have been like, um, to look back on your journey, what have been some of those like keys that have unlocked mm. things for you? Yeah, definitely understanding my um, my sexiness, <laughs> which has its own unique flavor. Um, that doesn't look like what I think or thought it should be uh, or could be or, or why isn't it more like this or that? And I still it's something I still work with. Um, understanding um, not just how what women have ha have as uh kind of things to work through like what we have like you mentioned before with work and feeling like we have to be and then feeling too masculine and whereas with men understanding some of the things that they struggle with because of society and culture has helped me as well so for example it's difficult for men um, it's become cliche because we talk about it so much now that they they can't express their emotions or they they aren't emotional and understanding that for men it hasn't ever been safe for them mm -hmm. to be in touch with their emotions never mind express them um, that it might take them a little bit longer to share with you what they're actually feeling and it takes a bit of patience for and time for them to open up so it's made me a lot more compassionate towards men and um, the things that they're working with the things that they're working through and and it makes it so much easier to love them mm. you see so i actually find them. myself i'm actually quite like that i i'm i really don't like to share my feelings yeah yeah so that's why it's really really interesting yeah and it's every time you or me i yeah. uh go to say men are like this women are like that there's always the yeah. next person who shows up is the 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 opposite sex to whatever mm. that generalization i just made is and is experiencing that thing too so the gen the generalizations as far as gender yes there are some patterns that come mm -hmm. through for sure for and i work mainly with cisgender people so people who have been have are born well who knows what cisgender people are so i work um, with some people who are bisexual and gay but not i don't have a vast um, amount of experience working with people who um, who don't identify on the um, uh, that aren't in the what's the word I'm looking for that wouldn't say I'm a man or I'm a woman mm. I'm I'm exploring or I'm like non-binary non-binary yeah there yeah. you go thank you so um, so yeah so it's not it's definitely um, yeah it's a beautiful it's a gender is such an interesting and complex kind of thing and how we and yet it's helpful I think when we talk and so I feel like it's helpful when we talk more about yin and yang and the quality of energy mm -hmm. because gender is just it's, it's another it's another layer and like you know like I was saying it can be related to the energetics of things um, and it's a much more uh, complex discussion than I'm equipped to have like evolutionary psychologists evolutionary biologists uh people who do who are you know do gender studies will be able to have a much like that would be a much more <laughs> helpful and rounded conversation mm. than what i can contribute and very very humble in that because mm. it's just not something i have had much experience with myself so mm. yeah. sure yeah so um if like wh whenever you have a uh, a uh, client come and see you can you Kind of um, give us an idea, like what are the key uh, 
steps that you um that you uh support them with like is there like a five-step plan to finding <laughs> love or something like that yeah so there is a bit of us the men and women um their journeys are slightly different uh but follow in general a similar trajectory so the first thing is clarity so getting super clear on what it is that you want uh what healthy relationship is what's exciting for you what feels alive what feels good getting super clear on that bringing it into your body just just to uh, add an extra question mm. there how do we know when um like what is a healthy relationship because some people might have this idea oh, it's going to be like this like that but actually maybe that kind of uh, um, that kind of uh, dynamic is maybe not actually healthy. <laughs> so when people, when I work with people through this statement, we create kind of like a vision statement almost in the very beginning. I, because of the work that I do, can pull out when they're they're doing when they're saying things that um, want coming alive within them that they haven't realized that they're now hoping this other person's going to bring. So Ooh. I don't do anything with it in the initial phase actually because it's something that over the course of our work together will come forward and will get healed and so that stuff that um sometimes I'll sometimes I'll tease it out a little bit in, the, in that first session but generally I leave it because it's just that's where they are that's where they're at that's what they um they feel for them right now is what a healthy relationship would would be um, and if people really struggle because they haven't had an example of healthy relationship, then I ask questions like, how would you like to feel when you're in the relationship? How, what will you experience on a day-to-day -day basis when you're with this other person? What are some of the things that you'll explore? What more will you experience? What more will you do? And so that generally brings forward a very healthy um, kind of definition of what a person is actually wanting so um yeah so that's mm -hmm. how to probe that's a way to so okay. once we get that that's step one yeah. and then we work through the quite systematically usually but not always so the 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 order can be different so it'll be working with like i was saying before oftentimes past heartbreak a residue from past experiences that have just not felt good um there'll be a family piece that will come up usually generally uh, sometimes it's how you relate to your mom or to your dad and how that relationship defined how you see um, femininity, like a female figure, masculine figure, and then how you are attracted to that energy. Um, and if there's something, and usually that relates to the masculine and feminine within you. So what that piece of work is, is balancing out within you, your, um, perception of what it is to be masculine or feminine and bringing it into a healthy space and bringing it into balance. So that's actually what that, what that is. And other times it has to do with, okay, what was your relationship to your caretaker, um, in a way that is determining relationship dynamics that, it, that you've had, whether it's an anxious attachment style that you have or an avoidant, if you're always avoiding closeness, are there some clues there as to what's, what's going on and what's happening? So that can be another. And then there's a separate piece on value, on self-worth and um, deservingness. Do you deserve it? Are you worth it? That will bring up other stuff that <laughs> that's, yeah, that's happening a huge topic it's yeah. such a big one and it mm -hmm. pretty much it always these things that i keep in, i designed a program based on the things that keep kept coming up and coming up and coming up so this is why it's so systematic like this because mm -hmm. that's generally what comes up um, for men and women both and then sex and sexuality so how what is your relationship like with your sexuality with your body with pleasure with opening to pleasure with experiencing pleasure with seeing yourself as a sexual being as a sexy uh, human that's attractive and, and gorgeous how are you in that space are you able to to feel pleasure in your body and be and welcome it in are you able to um to enjoy your body and pleasure and sex in the way that you want to are there any addictive tendencies that are happening there's so much porn so there might be a porn addiction or a wiring to experience pleasure only in one way um so we work on that um that kind of stuff as well and um sometimes communication so sometimes basic communication depending on who comes who comes and what they're coming with 
And by this time, they're totally in such a good place. Empowerment through all of this. So as we go through each stage, it's finding the stuff that wants adjusting, that wants healing, that wants shifting. And we pull up a power piece. So a part of them that is powerful, that already knows that they're worth it, that already is healthy and whole, no matter the heartbreak that's happened, no matter what has happened. Pulling up the, the queen in them or the, the samurai for men. Oftentimes I like to use that. Um, that analogy and the parts of them that are wise that that know that can be trusted that are already confident so it's a constant uh, it's, it's a beautiful way of working because you're at the same time in the same session healing and empowering healing and empowering healing and empowering so it's not like you're picking things apart and everything's falling apart <laughs> and then you have to wait till five years down the road and you're like it's a continual evolution of um it's a, it's an evolution of empowerment really mm -hmm. so that's why i love this work because it's action-based it is it is exploratory and then it's it's with that information we take focused and strategic action it's practical so we do practical send people i'll send clients away with practical things to do um, to express what they've healed and found where they found that power piece, that piece then goes out and does things in the world. So we're doing, you're doing inner work on your inner ecology, your inner, um, your inner world. And then that expression is happening also in the actions that you take in the practical 3D like world that we're living in. So um, I love it as a way of working. I love, I love working with people. I love seeing how fast they change and how much they, uh, they get to have what they want in their lives after years and years and years and years of not. So um, it's, it's such a special gift to be able to, to do this work and to, to be part of, yeah, human evolution on the planet or, or where we are at now helping to bring um, myself forward as much as the people that I work with because it's healing to to keep working with people in this way for myself um, and very very humbling as well um, yeah it's beautiful beautiful work so mm, yeah amazing mm -hmm. thank you Andrea yeah. well um, it's it's time to uh, to round things off now so I always have my two um, uh, signature questions at the end so um the first one is like what although I mean you've kind of uh covered this I think quite a lot but maybe just to uh summarize like what have been um the key practices that have helped you to um overcome challenges and to attain success mm. so <laughs> I want to say breath work because breath work's amazing okay. and <laughs> And I avoid it because it's so intense. But um, and I and I yeah, I always with all of these practices when I'm teaching them, I feel like I need to do that more. I need to do that more. But uh, working with my body and with the breath is fundamental to to the work I do and the work that I still do, um, on myself. So um, that is definitely one moving my body and working with my breath. And. I'm not sure if, I mean, a lot of people are doing breath work now, so it's become more popular. Another practice would be daily practices are um, starting the day and ending the day with either intentions or gratitude or listening to um, a podcast or a YouTube video or some some spiritual leader generally for me. is a, It's a big, it's a daily um, support for me. So um, sometimes it'll be my own stuff that I record and I'll, more often it's, it's things that I find around. Right now I'm in an Eckhart Tolle kind of phase. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it always, it changes, it shifts and, and shifts and moves right now and I'm listening to him quite a bit. Um, and I feel like I'm shifting out of it so I'm wondering where I'll go next. But yeah. Mm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And um, what do you value most and how do you put it into practice? I value most, I think, evolution, <laughs> personal growth, and um, I value most what my deepest value or my biggest contribution I hope to make on the planet is helping other people get what they came here to do or do what they came here to do, get what they came here to get. So 
I came to have a rich, beautiful relationship with someone for sure. And I was going to work for that until the end of time. And I will work for it until the end of time. And so for anyone else who wants that as one of the main things in their lives, that is what, yeah, yeah. that's where, that's where I can help. And if they have um, different deep missions on the planet, then supporting them in that too. So mm-hmm. oftentimes the work that I do with people goes beyond um, the relationship piece because it's work that touches all parts of them. So finding your true purpose would would be uh, where I give the, I feel most at service to people on the planet and most in my um, zone of power. I don't know if power is the right word, zone of service, zone of Mm. um, contribution to the planet. I feel like, yeah, it's when I feel happiest myself too. So it's, you know, it works both ways. Oh, amazing. (laughs) When you're feeding people, you always get fed. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Andrea. You're so, welcome. So um, if there's anybody who would like to find out a bit more about you, where's the best place to find you? Mm. So my website, that's got lots of information on my programs. I'm on Insta, um, YouTube a bit, Facebook a bit. Uh, and uh, yeah, send me a message. I'm always happy to hear from people. DM me, say hi, and I would love to have a conversation amazing thank you so much andrea and thank you so much for um listening um if you enjoy this podcast please subscribe and if you thought that this um episode could um benefit someone please share it with your friends and i'll catch you next time (laughs) 